Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with the Professor, John Clayton here. And I'll tell you what, this this is great in the sense that this is the 100th year of the National Football League. And there's so many different things going on as far as honoring things, looking at different things. You know, they started out with the Chicago Bears going against the Green Bay Packers. And they're going to continue with so many hundreds of things that they're looking at and want to put things in perspective here. And so joining us on Schooled is Craig Ellenport. And Craig did this great book called The Greatest Moments of the NFL century and it basically goes through just about the whole history of the league now i know this is a little scary on my part but he breaks it down you know one by one and actually i started covering when he got to number 17 so it was back in 1972 when i started covering the league and yes i was in high school at the time but it's what's great to see is what happened before and what happened after and joining us is craig ellenport so craig what got you into this book and how much fun was it researching yeah. Hey, John. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. And it was a blast. It, it was a lot of fun. I, I uh, like you, obviously, well-versed in, in things that I've been around for and covered, uh, learned a lot going through some of the older uh, moments and championship games. And, you know, the, the one thing that the trick of this book is that ranking all of these moments, they are, they are great games and players and, and championship games and, and record-breaking performances, but also uh, these major off-the-field things that have happened. And uh, you think about the merger, of course. And, uh, you know, I thought the birth of NFL films was very big. But, you know, learning a lot about these things that happened before I followed the NFL, a lot of interesting facts that were uncovered and a lot of fun. When did you first cover the NFL? When did you start? Well, in, in the late 80s, uh, I, I was at the NFL uh, with NFL.com from 2000 to 2012. And so there are a number of, of events here that uh, that I was able to be a part of and cover and, and, and see, which was great. But um, I, I go back that far. I do remember as a kid the miracle of the Meadowlands in 1979, and that that's on the list here as well. That, that's I, I go back my memory-wise a little bit further than that, but that's probably one of the more significant uh, moments that I can remember. Well, you know, the one thing that's great about this is that uh, I know in the summertime, I'm a voter for Associated Press, and, you know, they had did a whole group of things that we had to vote on, uh, the best play, the best characters, you know, some of the best history things and all right. that. And so, you know, uh, you pretty well go right down the line and uh, start it. And of course, I mean, I guess probably the biggest thing, would you say, uh, was the merger? Well, I mean, so I've got the merger at number three, uh, off, as far as off-field events, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, there are a number of uh, things in, in moments in the book that harken back to the AFL days, and people maybe don't even appreciate how important the AFL was. And when you think about, uh, you think about other leagues that have sprung up over the years um, and, and have not amounted to much of anything, the AFL was able to do it, and who knows what the NFL would look like today if the AFL didn't uh, give them that rivalry and then eventually merge with them. So that was that was huge and very important as far as the league's history. 
Well, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, what, the one thing that uh, you started out, number one, was the greatest game ever played. And, of course, that was that uh, championship game in 1958. And then it followed up with the guarantee, which was Joe Namath's guarantee. And that's probably the mm-hmm. one thing that kind of put the uh, AFL into the merger with the NFL. And that goes in 1969. Talk about the importance of those two and why it even topped the merger. Because I guess you could say Namath getting that guarantee and beating Baltimore, you know, got – the a, uh, the NFL to realize, hey, we got to partner with these guys, right? And and I I think right the merger was certainly in discussion uh, and planned before, well before Super Bowl three. But I don't think anyone with involved affiliated with the NFL really thought that bringing on these AFL kids was going to do much of anything. And sure enough. They, they finally win that game. And then, you know, Super Bowl four with the Chiefs is in the top 20 here as well, because even after Joe Namath did it with the guarantee, a lot of NFL people figured, oh, well, that's a fluke. And then the Chiefs followed it up one year later and gave the AFL another championship team. So that was very big. The number one moment the greatest game ever played was big for a couple of reasons, because, first of all, the first ever sudden-death overtime football game. And, you know, we joke around about uh, not too long ago when Donovan McNabb wasn't sure of the overtime rules in the NFL. In the 1958 title game, nobody knew what was going on when that game, when regulation ended and they were going to play overtime. And then on top of that, you have this nationally televised championship game. Uh, You know, the the idea of, I think the idea of water cooler, uh, Monday morning water cooler talk, initiated after that game because what people must have been talking about the day after that game, it really electrified fans around the country uh, to recognize NFL and pro football. So that was big. And, and you know, as I put this book together, and look, those two, some, not everyone might think that the greatest game ever played in Super Bowl three are one and two on a list like this, but they're certainly in everyone's top five. And the one thing they have in common Weeb Eubank, the head coach for both winning teams, which is amazing to me. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing that I like about uh, the order that you were able to rank things because you know one thing leads to another. You know that championship game with Johnny Unitas and uh, getting a chance to go into the overtime. I mean that put the NFL on the map. It made it a destination that you really wanted to see because it captivated the whole country. And of course Namath uh, being yep. able to come out of a rival league and be able to beat Baltimore, but also guarantee it, and him being kind of a rock star type of a guy. You know that advanced to the merger and then made the league so much better. And so uh, yeah, I kind of like the way you had that order. But also I think the biggest appreciation I can see out of this is that you know the respect you gave to the past because you didn't ignore the past it's like okay so i mean you're you're watching in the late 80s and uh, all of a sudden you just ignore everything before that i mean you really did a lot of diligent research to make sure you tried to include all the things from the past i tried I, and you know it's it, and in a way it, it's it's interesting because i i, I had the I had the, the the privilege to speak a little bit with paul tagliabue about this former nfl commissioner and he looked at the list I had, and his his constructive criticism um, was that he thought there needed to be more modern day, uh, certainly things from the last 25 years, higher on the list. And I thought, well, well, gosh, he, he's he's probably right, but you know, it's a history book in a sense, and and so we you have a greater appreciation uh, for history as it 
goes on through the years. I mean, I, I think it, it's funny. I, uh, you know, I've got Drew Brees's passing records in here from last season. And, I, you know, I think 10 years, 20 years from now, it will be recognized and appreciated even greater because it just takes time. Uh, one interesting, somebody was talking to me about this list earlier this week and wanted to know more about number 14, the Bears winning the 1940 championship game, beating the Redskins 73 nothing. And he said, is that, is that ranked so high just because it's such a lopsided score? And, you know, in my mind, when I always thought about that game, that lopsided score is obvious, obviously what comes to mind. But as you dig a little deeper, the reason it was such a lopsided game was because Papa Bear Hallis, George Hallis, it really modernized the game of football with the with the T formation and the offense that he ran. And the Redskins and no other team in the league was prepared to handle it. So looking back at history, it's sort of like what we see today with spread offense or what we saw in the 70s and 80s with the passing explosion. The T formation changed the early days of the National Football League. Yeah. And of course, uh, what was great is, and it looks like there's such a great amount of attention to the early 1970s, because, you know, that's when I started covering the league back in 72 with the Steelers and the Immaculate Reception. You have the Cowboys and you had so many things that started to emerge that you were able to get a dynasty type of teams that, uh, you know, built a brand and a brand that now, you know, even so many of the fans still follow. Yes, and you're right. In the 70s, it was such an explosion. And, of course, you know, we've already talked about the merger and that, that you know, kicked off. Uh, you know, you had the first few Super Bowls taking place in the late 60s. But so, so the Super Bowl era, you know, slowly caught, fought, caught attention of the country and, and created that 70s explosion. And you had those great teams and dynasties. And the other key, and, and you know, a common thread in this book uh, as I was putting together, was the relationship between the NFL and television. And, you know, at four, at four I have the birth of NFL films. And I, I, I mean, I think NFL films could actually be number one on this list. It's, it, you know, Ed, Ed and Steve Sable uh, mythologized National Football League and, and, re, and football and really gave people something they had never seen before. But then the other thing that started the 1970s, we've talked about a lot this past week and uh, with the anniversary, with the 50th season of Monday Night Football, you know, 1970 kicked off Monday Night Football. And that was that was something else that I think really uh, triggered the explosion, got the popularity in the 70s going, because, number one, it was appointment viewing for the first time. And number two, I mean, think about in the in the 70s. You know, there was no cable TV. There was, you know, the, the three, you had ABC, NBC, and CBS as far as national television. And so for the amount of hours of primetime television that were available, three hours a week were dedicated to NFL. And, and that, was, that, 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 that had never happened before. What would you say would be some of the great dynasties and where they kind of rank in the book? Well, you know, I've got the Birth of America's team, uh, is is in the top 20 and um, a dynasty n- not even so much as winning all those Super Bowls but but winning winning two going to five early on in, in the 70s and uh, and again going back to NFL films because it was an NFL films producer that coined the name America's team but uh, they certainly captured the imagination of the country the Steelers dynasty in the 70s 
really captured the imagination of the country. And they actually, it, it's funny because the Immaculate Reception is on the list, but that, that was their first playoff win in franchise history, but it didn't exactly kick off the dynasty because they lost a week later. Uh, you know, the, the, the catch was such a big moment because that trig not only did that uh, sort of mark a changing of the guard in the, in the NFC, but it kicked off that 49ers dynasty. Um, and, and, of course, now we think about one of the greatest dynasties ever is the New England Patriots. And it, it was interesting because it was a hard time picking an order uh, in this book of, of all the, the many Patriot moments that have happened since 2000, so 2001. So that was kind of interesting. Where I came off, um, where I came off on that was number one Patriots moment is number 12, Super Bowl 51, because it was a combination of things. It's the first Super Bowl overtime ever. Uh, it's the greatest comeback ever. And Tom Brady broke a whole bunch of records in that game. So uh, that, that's where that came off. But, you know, I thought that was tricky, picking out where all the Patriot championships go. Um, one other thing, not exactly – well, they won back-to-back Super Bowls in the 70s, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins. I've got the 72 Dolphins perfect season number five, and, and I, I actually think that, that that is appropriate. And I think some people might not appreciate that team as much as they do. And we, we talk about history. That was – that's a, an amazing bit of history that I think people don't appreciate as much as the years go by. For the fans who are millennials, uh, what would you kind of rank uh, some of the things that they're able to witness here in the last, say, 20 years? Um, well, certainly, as I said, the, the Patriots, uh, all, all of the pa- Patriots victories, um, some of the not Patriot victories, you know, the, the not perfect season is high on this list uh, for, for obvious reasons. A, you know, beating the Patriots after they had gone 16-0, and and, of course, the helmet catch and what a great game that was with the Giants' victory. Um, you've got uh, Emmett Smith's. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if the millennials <laughs> were old enough to remember Emmett Smith breaking the rushing record, but we've got him in there. Um, some of the things, you know, uh, Michael Strahan sack record, Barry Sanders retiring early when <laughs> it's a shame because he could have, if he played three more seasons in this league, and he was certainly at his prime when he retired, he would have set records that never would have been broken. Um, but obviously, you know, I think the, the, the pay, Drew Brees in here obviously is something that current fans all know about and player fans all know about. Uh, and again, the common thread being television. And even though there might be some things that are historical and, and happened before millennials, they see the results of it, not just the history, but the, the thread about how things like DirecTV and the Red Zone and the NFL Network affect uh how they consume football today yeah and that's that's the thing you go back to uh, nfl films i still remember you know because again you didn't have the double headers and you didn't have the night games and you didn't have access to be able to watch every game you possibly can or be able to get the red zone channel and be able to see all the scoring plays in the league but what i what i liked is you know you watch the this week in the nfl which was on saturday and of course uh what you would see is you know the great production they would get the insights of what people were saying on the 
the field, some of the great highlights, the voice of John Facenda. I mean, it was it was just classic. It was uh, it was amazing, and, and you know, I've I've had the I've had the pleasure to talk to the, the late Steve Sable about his love of film and and to think about how music played such a key component in their highlights and uh, something that I think people probably take for granted but do appreciate uh, as they watch it, 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 the production value. And, you know, the, the other thing you talked about, you made, make me think about that I did write about in the book with the Monday Night Football birth and debut is, again, talk about people watching, not getting to see highlights and not seeing three to five games a week. Uh, you remember the Monday Night Football halftime highlights. Uh, for it, for a millennial, it would be hard to believe that many people did not see highlights of all the games until Monday night halftime. I, I just remember, and of course, uh, you know, now the, it's so accessible because, I mean, you just go on your iPhone and just, you know, call it up and get to see just about everything. Yeah. And so, you know, right. the access what, from the hundred uh, years, where do you see things advancing after the hundred years now that we start a new uh, decade? Or new, no century, I guess. You new say. century, yeah. new century. Well, you know, I think it, it will be it will be new it will be new new moments uh, in the same vein in terms of record breaking performances that no one will forget and historic games and and you know we almost saw uh, you know here's one thing that's interesting and I pointed this out in the uh, in the perfect in the seventy two dolphins note is that. If it weren't for the Garo Yepremian blooper play that produced a touchdown for the Redskins, uh, the Dolphins would have had the only shutout in Super Bowl history. We almost saw one this year with the Patriots and the Rams, but there has still never been a shutout. So we've had our we've had our first Super Bowl overtime. So uh, I suppose when we finally have a shutout in the Super Bowl, that's a guarantee for the top 100 of the next century. But again, there, there's going to be and, and it, it's interesting. People recently fans are not necessarily happy with rules changes, but uh, I did in here include in the in the past century in the 1970s the the rules that made passing that, that really opened up the passing game for the first time changed everything. And uh, at some point, there'll be some big rule change that has a big impact uh, in the future of the league. So I think that'll be in there as well. And, you know, uh, there there's always be interesting things that, that will change how we watch and enjoy football. Yeah, and of course, it was interesting because covering that uh, Steeler team through the four Super Bowls, 78 was pretty much for Mel Blunt, the Raider cornerbacks, and the guys that would be able to just kill you at the line of scrimmage. So you got that five-yard gap where you can't make contact with a wide receiver. And it took about, uh, what, four years for somebody to take advantage of it. And so the guy that took advantage of it was Bill Walsh. And what impact did he have with the West Coast offense? Oh, that's that's absolutely right, and and change things. And uh, it, it was interesting as I was re- as I as I was researching that that one moment about the new rules that were created and change things. And the the amusing thing was what led to it was was essentially uh, the first two weeks of the season. I think it was a '77 season. Uh, there were just uh, a slew of low-scoring games. And guys like Tech Schramm, the Cowboys general manager, led the charge and said, we just cannot have this. And uh, it did change everything. And, and Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense really took advantage. And, and, I mean, Dan Fouts and the Chargers took advantage. And 
really made things different. And now now people are afraid that it's going to go too far in the opposite direction. But, you know, these things, as you know, John, always have a way of, of going back and forth and adjusting. So and that's, that's another yeah. great well, aspect of the NFL. We'll close on this note, but here's the one rule change that I'm kind of wondering about. You know, they're, they're doing the holding calls more, particularly on those lobster blocks where you're, uh, tr- you got the backside uh, guys trying to block, and, of course, you got the offensive lineman trying to take the defensive lineman off the backside and kind of leaning on them because what that's end up doing is taking 96 uh, holding calls last week, and it brought scoring yeah. down from 48 in the first, you know, total of 48 in the game to 40s. And what I'm wondering about is that is that rule going to be one that's going to get things to a point because they want offense, and that's taking away scoring. Right. Well, then you know, and and that's got the double whammy because, of course, the NFL is always looking for uh, things that are going to enhance the viewing experience for fans both on television and in, in the arena, in the stadium. And the more the more penalties there are, the longer the game takes. So they have to look at that on two fronts, and, and you can bet they'll be talking about it after the season, right? The book is NFL 100, The Greatest Moments of NFL Centuries. This is NFL Centuries by Craig Ellenport. And Craig, where can everybody get this? Uh, everywhere books are sold. I know it's at, uh, it's at Barnes & Noble. And you can find it on Amazon. Uh, triumphbooks.com slash NFL 100 has a lot of information on it as well, and, and can you order it there? Hey, you unschooled with the professor, Craig. You gave us a great uh, history lesson, and so thank you for that, and great luck, and congratulations on the book. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate you having me on. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.